Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Let's get it, GMGP. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Monday, June 26, 2023. Y'all decided to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. And for that, I appreciate y'all being in the building, baby. What's going down, everybody? I see my man Jorge in the building. What's going on, Ty Declare? Let's effing go. What's good, Ty in the building? Matt Brunin, Allen, Dan, GMGP. Y'all know what it is. Hashtag GMGP. Good morning, good people. Glad y'all are in the building. If it's your first time tapping into the Wake Up Show, appreciate you being here. Hit that thumbs up button, subscribe, and like. We have a good time over here on the channel we got a big show on tap today and we got a lot of things that we must cover we must talk about but how y'all been man y'all know we've reduced the show down to one day a week during the uh during the off season but we are very close to nfl football i mean we're almost damn near in july so i'm just gonna say like next month we got preseason training camp kicking off july august preseason football so we are right there to the nfl season really excited about that uh matt bruning in the building what's going on conja brandon in the building robert williams what's going on yo what's good dog what's good big dog dan in the building alex c zach who's his first time first live show morning y'all what's going on with you zach herbert first live show appreciate you tapping in from all over the world yes sir hit that air horn for me jay rich Wherever you are, wherever you live, if you're watching later in the day, I promise you in this episode, I'm going to get the, uh, Jay, I'm going to do the timestamps today. I'm going to do the timestamps because <laughs> everybody getting on my ass about not doing the timestamps. I'm going to get the timestamps done today. But y'all saw in the thumbnail, we're going to talk 49ers quarterbacks. We're going to talk some minicamp storylines, and we are going to talk a little underdog. But Jordan, I have to ask you a question, Jay Rich. I saw, um, I saw a tweet on the old Twitter, and you know, you never know what you might see on the old mm-hmm. Twitter. I'm gonna just pull this tweet up, Jay, because I'm gonna ask you a question. Let's start this show off. I'm gonna ask Jay Rich the question, but I want y'all to tell me in the chat. Uh, player profiler, shout out to player profiler Matt Kelly. Um, they had a tweet the other day, Jay, said Devonta Smith is the best wide receiver two in the NFL, true or false, Jay Rich. That that is what. Player for all of our, good morning okay. to you too, Jay. You're on the screen. You didn't get your solo <laughs> intro, you. but I want to want to intro you with this question, okay? And as you go through the replies and the quote tweets and the comments, there's sort of a common theme here with um the receivers, right? So player profiler, they've got Devontae Smith as the best mm-hmm. wide receiver too, or they're asking the question, is he the best wide receiver too in the NFL? But as you go through the, the go through the chat, it's three names. It's Devontae Smith, it's Jalen Waddle. And it is uh, T. Higgins. Those are T. the Higgins, three yeah. receivers that they have listed as the the consensus group who's the best receiver to in the NFL. So I'm gonna give you your I'm gonna give you your time to go solo. So introduce you properly. But Jay, you let us know who you have as the best wide receiver to in the NFL. Who is it, Jay? So uh, someone did ask in the chat. Todd's asking fantasy or NFL. This is of course NFL. Uh, fantasy I mean, well, is completely different. Just, just, but. 
Just it's, go it with doesn't it. really you change just, much just for me. Just go with it. So, as you said, it's Higgins, it's Smith, it's Waddle. You can make the case for other guys. These are the three guys that I would personally look to. Um, but it's not Higgins for me. It's it's really not. He, Higgins, for everything he's been in his first three years, he hasn't really looked much better with Chase. He kind of did the same thing. He only had about 100 more yards. His catches in back-to-back seasons were right at 74. The targets were about the same. He did you know, have some injuries last season. So could have had a better year. You look at Smitty, what he did, he really leveled up with A.J. Brown. He had some games without A.J. Brown, looked phenomenal, um, where A.J. Brown kind of disappeared. I think, you know, you look at how they operated, they almost operated as co-alphas at times. And then you have Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. And I think what's crazy about Jalen Waddle is that, Ray, people don't necessarily realize it until you look at the stats. He almost doubled his yards per reception last year from 9.7 all the way to 18.1, which is basically insane. You talk about his yak. Um, it was about the same as it was in his rookie yep. season, 450 yards to about 530 yards in his next season. And then the biggest thing for me with Waddle, he had 350 more yards last season on 29 less receptions. Now, of course, we mentioned the yards per reception was much higher. I think you talk about the scheme versatility and what Waddle does with his speed. And again, it, it you can't teach speed, but for me, it has to be Waddle. I think, you know, you look at wide receiver twos and what they do, Tyreek Hill of the three alphas, whether it's Chase, Hill and AJ Brown. Tyree Kill, I think, does the most for Waddle, but I also think that Waddle does the most of the three uh, beta receivers as well. So for me, the best wide receiver two in the NFL is Jalen Waddle. And I think if you put him in that scheme without Tyree Kill, he would probably do just as good as Tyree Kill or very close to it, probably 1,600 yards. Like he had 1,350 on pretty minimal targets. Like he only had, I think, 117 targets. It was down from 140 in his rookie season. So you think about just the way he leveled up in his second year in the new scheme. I think it, Mike McDaniel really unlocked his skill set. And so for me, he is the best wide receiver two in football, but not very far behind him is Devontae Smith because Devontae Smith is phenomenal. And I think you talk about a guy who can literally do everything. Devontae Smith is that guy. You know, you look at Higgins and what he does. I think he operates best on the outside. But Waddle for me is the most scheme versatile and I think probably the most talented, but I do love Smitty and I love what he does despite his slender frame. He definitely proved the doubters wrong. I think Waddle as well, right? People talked about him being a little bit smaller. He can go up and get it too. His touchdowns went up. His yards per reception went up. His dot went up over four yards. Waddle's a phenomenal talent. Smith's a phenomenal talent. It's one of those two guys for me, but I would be taking Waddle. Do you feel any differently, Ray? It's tough, man. Um, I think all three of these guys are phenomenal. I think they're all good wide receiver twos that can probably at times operate as the teams want if need be. Uh, they all have, I mean, all three of them. What's interesting is all three of them have three of the best wide receivers in the NFL yeah. playing right next to them. Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, and A.J. Brown. Um, I have all three of them in a tier together. Uh, for me, I have Devontae Smith ranked ahead uh, of Jalen Waddle and T. Higgins, but I wouldn't, I don't think you can go wrong with either or. Um, I think he has the most realistic shot to achieve the Holy Trinity, which I call, if you're looking for the elite wide receivers, they've got the air yards, they've got the yak, and then they command the targets. If you have a receiver, like if if anybody out there is just looking at just very generalistic view and you can go deeper into it, but if you've got a receiver that can command the downfield targets that can be the primary target earner on their team and they're good after the catch, they're probably going to be really good for fantasy and in the NFL. Um, and that's where Devonta Smith just has a little leg up over the other guys. Jalen Waddle, his his mm -hmm. his big thing is his yak is phenomenal, man. I mean, over six yards yeah. um, after the catch per reception, which is elite. That's sort of insane when you look at that. The only other person that's doing that ahead of him is AJ Brown, right? Not Jamar Chase, yeah. not Justin Jefferson, 
not AJ Brown. It's it's I mean AJ Brown is doing that. Excuse me, but not Cooper Cup. Those guys are close, but it's yeah. yeah, it's 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 Jalen Waddle. But Devonta Smith seems to be the most sort of well versed across those three Trinity areas. But yep. again, and and honestly, T. Higgins is the worst across those. Right when you look at target yep. share, air yard share, and then yak, he is. I don't want to say significantly below, but he's below those other two. You can say he missed a he's couple yet, of games. He's yet or, to earn or, targets or, 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 the way the other two have. And I think that's yeah, the problem for Higgins. That, he's just been the same guy since Chase yeah. was drafted as a rookie and in year two. But they're is. both dope. They're both dope. I have them all in the same cluster. Um, it was just an interesting thought. And it's it was just interesting because I know Player Profiler wasn't that in on Devontae Smith a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Um, but it's cool to see just people's opinions on these guys. We got DK Metcalf getting thrown in there, a couple of people in the well, in the uh well, okay. that's that's the question, DK right? So Who's the alpha in on that uh, team? Because Jay, you we're have not gonna, JSN, you have Lockett. I'm just if if I you're picking know. a two, I think you could make the case for a Seattle receiver. And then as well, someone threw Jordan Addison in the chat, right? Could Jordan no, Addison hit this here next season? Stop. Next season. Hey man, no. Justin Jefferson. No. Pretty good wide no. receiver one. I'm not put. Good I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not even mentioning Addison's name with those three guys. Jimbo right said now. Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah. Is he the one name. or the two? Is he the one or the two? See, for me, you know me and my hate for Mike Evans. Chris Godwin's the one. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think it's DK Metcalf. I think it's one of those those three guys. Somebody said Michael Thomas. That's an interesting one. And you, uh, before the show, you were talking about DeAndre Hopkins. And we'll get into Hopkins yeah. um, a little bit later on in this show. Jay, but um, we've got some uh, we've got some stuff to talk about um, from the uh, from the underdog sector. There's a lot of stuff going on risers some fallers i'm looking at some of these risers that are on the uh on the graphic right now and i'm like how the hell are they on here but neither here nor there jay let's go ahead and get into the risers and fallers from uh, underdog fantasy from the biggest and brightest stars to the last round pick we have you covered for everything on underdog fantasy let's get into it and let's get that money baby all right jay go on ahead take it baby all right ray so for us you see the top of the list for people who are listening to the podcast, the top five risers for this week on Underdog Fantasy. This is in the top 150, not of the entire board, are in order. Sky Moore, about half around Tyler Boyd, Romeo Dobbs, Jalen Warren, and Van Jefferson. Mm. Let's start off with Sky Moore because it's kind of, feels like it's retroactive from last week at minicamp when Andy Reid said that he expects Sky Moore to take the jump. You know, you and I were big fans of Sky Moore, but not so much in year one. And I think the problem for me now and where I stand with Sky Moore is, okay, we know that Kelsey's the one. Juju's gone, which is great. What do we make of Kadarius Toney? And then how does Sky Moore ultimately fit into this offense? You know, on the same other side of this, we're talking about the fallers, Rasheed Rice has been falling. And I think, you know, that's just kind of how these things go. When one player on a team goes up, another player in the same position usually goes down. And Sky Moore has been the beneficiary of that. But... I mean, like, even at his price right now, he's in the 10th round with wide receivers Alan Lazard, Odell Beckham, Zay Jones, Jacoby Myers. Ray, I have to ask you, who do you feel confident in of that five-pack in the 10th round? Alan Lazard, obviously a favorite of Aaron Rodgers. Odell Beckham, we don't know what he is in Baltimore. We will get into Todd Munkin later. Zay Jones, you know, wide receiver three Mm -hmm. for the Jaguars, but was pretty productive last season. And Jacoby Myers, who was going back to his old system with Josh McDaniels, should be pretty good, should fit into the system pretty quickly and acclimate well. And then, of course, you have a Sky Moore who we don't know if his target share is going to be 10%, 8%, 5%, or 15%. We have no clue how he's going to operate in this offense, and yet he's rising up these boards. Is there any receivers of that five 
that you would take over Sky Moore? Because they're all kind of in the same breath. Sky Moore somewhere in the middle, around the middle of the 10th round. But I think you can make the case for Zay, for Beckham, and for Myers. Lazard's a little bit tougher, but how do you feel about Sky Moore heading into this season? Jay, um, of that five-pack, I'm probably taking all of them over Sky Moore. Give me Lazard. Yeah. Give me Zay Jones. Give me Jacoby Myers. You said Odell. Odell yep. Beckham. Odell? Yeah. Yep. Did you say Zay Flowers, too? I don't know if you said Zay Flowers. No, I mean, you said Zay Flowers is a little bit lower. Zay Jones. Zay Jones, okay. unfortunately. Zay, yeah. I, I, um, I don't know, Jay. I don't know, man. The, 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 the whole Kansas City wide receiver core, that situation is one that I just... You look at it, Jay, and honest, like you want me to tell you the one in best ball that I feel the most confident about, the most confident Justin about. Ross. It's Marquez Valdez Scanlon, and he's not even that good. Oh, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not in the tenth round, but I'm just saying. I know yeah. what he's gonna do. I, I know he's gonna yeah. be forty catch, five hundred yards, and if you have him in the one week, he catches a couple of touchdowns. I know. What MVS is going to do, right? I have, I, I just know that's mm -hmm. his role. That's he's going to be the downfield field stretcher. He'll get a couple of passes. He'll have one game where he goes nuts somehow. I, I don't know about this Sky Moore thing. I just, you know, last year Not we bought yet. into him. He's in training camp playing running back. He's doing this. He's mm -hmm. muffing punts. He's doing, I just, I don't know, Jay. It's just a situation where I have no idea what's going on in that receiving core. So I, I would, Honestly, give me Odell. Like, I feel like Odell's going to at least get an opportunity to be the guy in Baltimore, whether he's good or bad. We'll see, right? I think he's they've, they've gave him the money. They brought him in. Lamar wanted him. I think he's going to get first crack yep. of being the first guy. Alan Lazard, yep. I mean, we all know that that's Garrett Wilson's receiving room, right? But there is the rapport and connection with Aaron Rodgers, and they paid him a nice amount of money in New York. Jay, yep. Jacoby Myers... I mean, he's the two, right? This is what he is. This is what he's always been. He's going to be the two to Devontae Adams. The problem is right now, the quarterback situation is a little bit in flux right now, even though I kind of think that's a little mm -hmm. BS. I think they'll figure it out. Jimmy Garoppolo will be starting for him. And then Zay Jones is, you know, he's on an offense with Peterson. He played well last year. You've got a young elite quarterback. I think I'm just, I think I'm just chilling on Sky Moore, Jay. I, I see him. I think he's like 124 or something like that on the underdog. And I'm just like, I just don't want to take yep. him. I think I drafted him the other day in a Dalmatian 2 league. But I just, I don't really want him. I'm not buying into him over these guys, Jay. Yeah, so he's at 114 right now. And you want to talk about another very clouded wide receiver room outside of one guy. Let's talk about the Packers because it seems like every day, one of these guys is getting hyped up. Romeo Dobbs is saying Jordan Love is just as good as Aaron Rodgers, which we all know is not true. And Christian Watson saying, yeah, he's going to be just fine. And then Jordan Love comes out and he says oh, that Christian Watson's great. And they love Romeo him. Dobbs is going to be great. And, and Jaden Reed is running with the ones. Don't forget that because Jaden Reed's running with the ones. And I didn't even mention because he didn't hit the top 150. But Luke Musgrave up almost half a round, right, Ray? So, like... I don't know what happened. I don't know if Underdog just got licensed in Wisconsin, and so they're, all the Packer fans are just storming Underdog <laughs> and drafting all their Packers because there's no news. There's no anything right. going on outside of them just basically doing the right thing and bigging up their teammates, which, again, we see this all the time. Nothing really to make of that. But Romeo Dobbs is rising. Again, I don't know what to make of that because you and I have kind of been out on Dobbs ever since Christian Watson came back. We weren't really sure what to make of the situation. We don't know who the two is going to be. Dobbs for everything he is. Christian Watson does everything he can do. Plus, he could be a touchdown threat, but that's kind of all I view him as right now. But I did see a tweet talking about the splits of Christian Watson with Romeo Dobbs and without. 
And they are surprising. That Christian Watson price up in the top 40 at pick 38 yeah, on underdog 38. is a little bit expensive. People are excited for what Watson I'm seeing this right year, now. man. People are excited for Christian Watson this season. They are excited that, you know, he's going to get his opportunity to, to shine and be the guy. People are excited and enthusiastic about okay, Watson right. this year. Ahead of Jerry Judy. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's actually a great question. Would you take him over Drake London? Because no. he's ahead of Drake London right now, and I don't think I would do that. I don't Terry think McLaurin, I would do that. In this new intense offense that Eric Bieniemy's talking about, I'm bringing the intensity. Terry McLaurin's loving the intensity that Bieniemy's bringing to the not, offense. No. Right? No. Mike Williams. Injuries. But great That's receiver. your boy. That's your right? boy, Mike I Williams. I like Mike Williams. I like Mike Williams. That's your boy. I, I'm not, I mean, oh, God. Who else? Just give me DJ Moore in Chicago. We're going to talk about DJ Moore Wolf. later. We're going to talk about DJ Christian Moore Christian Kirk. He's going ahead of all those guys. I'm assuming he's going ahead of all those guys. Oh, yeah. He's going ahead of all those guys. Way ahead. Yeah. yeah, you're, you're, yeah. When, you get to, when you get to DJ Moore, you're already at the back of the fourth round. He's at the top of the fourth round. So it's, it's scary hours for him. But the last guy I do want to touch on very briefly in terms of the risers is Van Jefferson. Because Stafford yeah. was talking about Van Jefferson saying that he's going to be the Skip wide receiver. Jalen Warren to talk about Van Jefferson. All right, let's because, go. I mean, Jalen Warren. Okay, here's I like Jalen Warren, Warren this year. I'm, I'm, I like Jalen Warren too. I'm, here's I like Jalen Warren this year. Here's the here's the report from the Athletics. Mark Colby. There is no way offensive coordinator Matt Canada can keep Jalen Warren off the field as much as he did last season. Do you want to bet me, Mark, that Matt Canada will make the wrong decision and not play him? Nothing Matt Canada does works. He's probably going to do everything wrong, just like he did last season. All the Steelers fans hate him. We hate him for fantasy. He just never makes the right decision. I love Jalen Warren. As you mentioned, right, he's a great running back. I think he's a flexible option. And if you want to call him a handcuff, I think he's higher end than that. But I think he is a flex option. So you look at what he can do on third down and how good he was last season. He definitely deserves more touches. Does he get them? I'm not going to bet on that because I don't trust Matt Canada. So I don't know how if you feel any differently. Do you trust Matt Canada to actually get him on the field? Because that's the biggest problem. I love Warren, but... Go, okay, we'll go into Van Jefferson. Talk about Van Jefferson. I like Jalen Warren. I don't love him. I don't think he's... I, I think he's... It kind of reminds me of what... Let me say poor man's. A poor man's version of when, Mel, when the Chargers had Melvin Gordon in his... Like when he was good. And then they had yeah. Austin Eckler sort of as his spellback, right? Like that sort of... Yeah. You know, shorter, more compact receiving weapon that can carry the ball. Feels like a poor man's version of that in Pittsburgh, a much poorer man's version of that. But talk talk about Van Jefferson because the reality is, Jay, I don't know how much of the Rams offense I want. We'll talk about, mm -hmm. I mean, they just, uh, the big free agent signing, they brought in old Sony Michelle. Uh, Sony <laughs> Michelle to a one year deal. So I just, so you could you go ahead and have at this one. Van Jefferson, talk to us about Van because the the other report was Tutu Atwell is going to have the big role in this offense. It's going to be Tutu. It's going to be Van. It's going to be Sony Michelle. It's going to be Kyron Williams. Who else? Hunter Long. Talk to us about Van Jefferson. Why are we spending time on this guy? So the main reason why Ray, I wanted to bring this up is because we talk about the Rams all the time, how bad they're going to be, how bad their defense is. And I think initially we were leaning the side that they probably get rid of Stafford, get rid of Cup. And then ultimately they decide to tank for Caleb Williams, for Drake May, for whoever. But that seems to be less of a possibility every single day, right? And Matt Stafford came out and he said he feels very confident in Van Jefferson heading into the season. Obviously, Van Jefferson was also coming off a torn ACL, right? So now he will be year two removed from the ACL injury. 
And I think you look at Van Jefferson, his career, his second year in the NFL, he had 50 receptions, 800 yards and six touchdowns. Okay, that was okay. when Matt Stafford was, you know, peak Matt Stafford, right? Mm -hmm. So we look at this team and for everything that they're not on, on defense, they could actually be pretty good on offense simply out of necessity. Not to say that they're going to be a great offense, but if they're down in all these games, Stafford's going to be back to the Detroit days slinging it. Every play, slinging it, slinging it, slinging it. We want Cam Akers to be good, but we're going to draft Cooper Cup. We're maybe going to draft Matt Stafford, but why are we not also looking at Jefferson as a possibility? Because again, he gets drafted around guys that we don't even really want. Rasheed Rice, who's falling. Adam Thielen. Alec Pierce. KJ Osborne. Where's the upside in those guys relative to Van Jefferson? And again, if he's going to be the wide receiver two next to Cooper Cup, I think there's a role for him, especially because he tends to be that deep threat kind of guy down the field. I know that Tutu Atwell should be that guy because he has the speed, but he hasn't. So if Van can assume that role and be the wide receiver two, he could be pretty good for fantasy and for these best ball drafts. Okay. I mean... Taylor Wolf said uh, Cooper Cup can't catch every ball. I disagree. Just throw it to him every every pass. Just throw it to Cooper Cup. Um, but it's gonna be it, it's got to be somebody. I, I see the chat. Puka Nakua getting some love. Tutu Atwell getting some love. Van Jefferson. Yeah. They stuff Tyler Higby. Cam Akers there. Maybe do some work out yeah. of the backfield. And the defense is gonna be bad. I Remember, think those are no the guys you want. No Jalen Ramsey. Uh, no Bobby Wagner. I don't think they did a lot to improve that side it's of Aaron the ball. Ten yeah, other guys. It's, it's Aaron Donald and, and and a couple of other guys. So interesting, the risers. And this is sort of a reflection of, you know, sort of where the fantasy community values these guys going into going into the season. We're all about to get to the point where we're drafting for our seasonal leagues and jumping into these. So make sure you use the promo code wake up, get that deposit match, and get access to the Discord. Jay, really quickly, some players outside of the top 150 that are skyrocketing. So the biggest one is Paris Campbell. You know, we saw the reports last week of him playing some running back and this whole Saquon situation, but he was also in like the 200s in ADP. Yeah. Now he's all the way in the Paris 190s. Campbell's he's up moving. 20 spots in the last week. That report. And, the, and the, the big report was he could lead the Giants in targets and receptions in 2023. And I was like, I don't know. But at the same time, Ray, talk about a wide open wide receiver room. And yes, we believe Darren Waller can be the guy. And there's all the reports that Daniel Jones is in love with Darren Waller, his range and his ability. But if Darren Waller gets hurt, which again is a fairly reasonable expectation given his injury history in the past, the ball has to go to somebody. And it could very well be Paris Campbell. And so for a guy you're taking in like the 180s on underdog, who maybe doesn't have a high ceiling because he doesn't do a lot down the field, he could be a target monster and get the ball a lot and move the chains to where he does have some value. Maybe not a ton of spike weeks, but a guy who could be a floor play. And again, in the late rounds, definitely is a possibility. So I do like him. Luke Musgrave, as I mentioned, is rising. Khalil Shakur, Ray, finally, we're back. He's rising. I love it. And then uh, Kenneth Gainwell as well, surprisingly. You know, those Philly backs, you just never know with those guys, but it seems to be people are back in on Kenneth Gainwell a little bit. But I do want to talk about your boy because he is one of the largest quarterback followers. All the quarterbacks are falling right now on underdog. But Anthony Richardson, Ray, I need to know if you've been drafting him, how you've been feeling about him lately. Obviously, you're in on him for the fantasy season. You're in on him for rookie drafts. But on underdog, it's a little bit different. And you look at the QBs ahead of him, and they're basically all elite QBs outside of Tua Tagovailoa. And so he's, a, he's down 2.4 slots. Not a lot, but QBs just tend to be sliding right now. And so you look at what he's doing and what he could do for fantasy. Everyone says, oh, Anthony Richardson's going to break fantasy. 
He's drafted between Tua Tagovailoa and Dak Prescott. Kirk Cousins is behind him, and all the other elite quarterbacks are ahead of him. You can guess who they are. So now you have Anthony Richardson here, QB 11 on underdog. His weapons are fine. People don't really, not really in on Michael Pittman. All JT's right, so is your question, what, 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 what's the question, Jay? Are you going to draft him over the guys behind him, like a Kirk Cousins, like a Dak Prescott? Do you really believe that he can be this elite fantasy asset in year one? Um, I think because you, you, can he be an elite fantasy asset in year one? Yes and no. I think he can. I think you have to temper expectations. But the big thing is when you're doing these, you're drafting for week 17 and they play the Raiders in week 17, whose defense is dog shit. So can he get to the end of the season and versus the Raiders go bananas? and score you a bunch of points versus that bad defense? Absolutely. Is he going to have his growing pains? You better believe it. He plays in the AFC South. So with that being Easiest said, knowing that football. he gets the Titans twice a year, he gets the Jags twice a year, he gets the Texans twice a year, I think and he's going to have a good South. chance to put up points. And when it's all said and done, Justin Fields did not throw the ball well last year at all. I mean, he threw for 2,000 yep. yards, what, 50-something percent completion percentage. And he was a top what quarterback? Because he did what? He ran the ball. So can he do it? Sure. Is that the expectation that I have? Probably not. Should he be drafted in that range? Just depends on your build. And that's the thing with underdog, man. It just, it depends on your build, how you approach it, how you attack the quarterback position. And if anything, I'm seeing a lot of the quarterbacks falling in drafts. They're all going a little bit later and later. Burrow's going back a little Mm -hmm. bit further. I don't think that's an indictment on the quarterbacks. I think that's just more so people saying, I'll just wait, and I can get a Jared Goff in 130, 140, right? I can get a Derek Carr in the 150s. So I think it's just a product of the format, product of the tournament. There's a lot of guys moving around, um, and uh, it'll be fun to see how all of this stuff shakes out as we get through uh, Best Ball Mania 4 tournament. So we still have, uh, I think it's only about 30% filled, not even 30% filled right now. So we'll have a lot of time going up and down on these players. But Mm -hmm. I want to get into um, the big part of the show, the players that were on the thumbnail to this episode uh, today and start off talking about the San Francisco 49ers day. And I don't know if you listened to the episode I did with uh, Mike and Adam from 4D Chess that dropped last Mm -hmm. week, but we literally did an entire podcast talking about Adam Schefter. We should have a whole section on Adam Schefter and what did Adam Schefter say today? Because Schefter is the one that's... uh, He's doing all this stuff, man. Schefter's making all these yep. reports and saying all this news. But Adam Schefter was on the Pat McAfee show. And um, I'm going to read this because I don't want to mess up the quote. All right. I don't want to mess up the quote, Jay. So this is Adam Schefter believes. Let's just there's a lot to unpack in this, right? There's a lot to unpack, and we're yep. gonna try to break it down. Adam Schefter believes Sam Darnold has the edge going into camp over Trey Lance. Speaking on the Pat McAfee show, Schefter was confident. Brock Purdy is the team's starting quarterback when healthy. All this was simply his speculation, but it echoes the positive statements from Kyle Shanahan and John John Lynch about Purdy this offseason. Lance has struggled and is very limited in NFL experience, while Darnold started to turn a corner in 2022. Lance is more upside as a dual threat without many reps to his name, but Darnold is a safer bet as a bridge to Purdy's eventual return. The true test will come in training camp, but it's hard to push the button on any of these quarterbacks um, in fantasy because of the uncertainty. So 
He was on there. He's talking about Lance. He's giving his opinion on Purdy. He thinks that Lance is the QB3. Sam Darnold's ahead of him. Yep. And that there was, he also said that there was no trade market for Trey Lance. The Niners didn't receive any calls. They didn't make any calls, right? He referenced the fact that the 49ers Sam, Sam, signed Sam Darnold on day one of free agency mm-hmm. and to sign a quarterback on day one is pretty telling. Um, and again, his thought is Sam Darnold has the edge on Trey Lance. So there's a lot to unpack in this 49ers quarterback conundrum, right? This is the 49er quarterback conundrum here with these three signal callers, Jay. So I just want to start out with, I guess the biggest thing, right? Is do you believe Adam Schefter's opinion that if healthy Brock Purdy is going to be the guy that's under center week one for the San Francisco 49ers. That I do believe 100%, because that's honestly the stance we've had for a long time. Um, but yeah, if if he is healthy, I believe that Brock Purdy will be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, and Trey Lance or Sam Darnold, whoever's the backup, we don't really care at that point, but it will be Brock Purdy at the helm if he's healthy, can throw and produce for this offense. That's that's what you think? Yeah. I think I think Purdy's going to be the starter. I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even second guess it because you look at what he did last season, and we've talked about it endlessly on this show how efficient he was and how great he was. I think it's unfair because again, everything we've seen from this Niners offense is like the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes. Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, or Tua Tagovailoa in a similar offense run by Mike McDaniel, right? It's very similar scheme style, just his different flow of the same thing. Most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. So. Again, you have these guys, they're pocket passers, they're great, they're they're mobile at times. When you talk about Purdy, when you talk about Tua, not super mobile, but can do things in the pocket and a little bit outside of it as well. What the hell could Lance do if he hit, and if he could be even a little bit as efficient, right? Even be 80% of what these guys do, because he's not quite the pocket passer. Maybe the everything isn't quite there for him yet. He's not fully ready. You know, Purdy... Longtime starter at Iowa State, right? Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, veteran of the NFL for a long time. Don't expect Lance to necessarily even be as experienced as those guys at times because, like we've talked about endlessly, Lance hasn't played football in forever. And even when he did play football, he didn't play that much. He's played like 14 games in college. And then after that, he's played one and a half games in the NFL as a starter. And I think he started his rookie year a couple games when Jimmy was hurt. So very limited experience from that regard. But Purdy will be the starter. But the problem is, is like, even if he does start, now you have the issue of, okay, you have Sam Darnold, you have Trey Lance. If Trey Lance isn't the backup, he's going to be pissed off. So you keep him on the roster because he has no trade market, but it's still a bad situation to be in because if Purdy gets hurt, then now what do you do? Well, Dude. okay. So first of all, these comments were Adam Schefter's belief. Adam Schefter's yeah, he said, opinion, I think like a billion right? times. Adam Schefter did not say... He's got a source or some insider information. So he's doing the same shit that we do, guessing, right? I think, I believe, I believe this, yep. I believe that. This, I, honestly, it's it's one of the more wild situations that I can remember a team being put in in a long time because the 49ers team is ready to go. This is a Super oh, Bowl caliber so roster, good. both sides of the ball. Defensively studs, all pros, every level. D-line, Best linebacker in the NFL, probably in Fred Warner. One of the best young safeties in Hufanga in the NFL. They're loaded on defense. Offensively, you've got arguably a top two running back in the NFL. Trent Williams is still there. 
You know, they mm-hmm. lost McGlinchey. Offensive line was a little issuey. You know, that's some issues. Yep. It's got George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. They're ready to go. I mean, this team is there's there's nothing holding San Francisco back from um, dethroning the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC divi- uh, conference outside of the quarterback. And when you when you think about this entire situation, Jay, the first thing that comes to mind is no trade market. What does that mean, right? Is it that you know, everybody's like, just get Trey Lance on another team. But is there a team that yeah. wants to invest in that player, right? Um, and then, But inside of that, it was, they didn't shop him, nor did they receive calls. So don't yeah. just take one side of that, 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 that comment and say, nobody called San Francisco. Well, San Francisco apparently didn't call anybody. Whether yeah. we know that or not, who knows, Jay? I have no idea the truth to that. But no trade market, fine. Signing Sam Darnold day one of free agency. Um, so in my, I do have a question for you, Ray, because yeah. I, I think at that time, I don't think Purdy even had his surgery scheduled. Well, yet. And, and, well remember, this is what I was going to say. So to, to that point, I, I think that was what they needed to do, right? Like they needed to bring yeah. in another quarterback, a veteran quarterback that who could, if they needed him to step in, run the offense. I don't think that signing Sam Darnold was some major indictment on Trey Lance. I don't. I think it's kind of like, well, damn. I mean, they made that a priority, but if yeah. Purdy hadn't had a surgery, they don't know what's going on with him. They can't just roll into the season with Trey and nobody else or Josh Johnson as the backup. You have to get a competent yeah. quarterback that can come in, operate, and Sam Darnold can do that for, for spurts of time. He can have a four-week stretch, right? So I, I'm not reading so much into that. Um as as others, Jay, I think that was just a necessary move the team had to, had to do. The biggest thing with this with this entire situation, man, for me, and we're not going to belabor this too long because I really want to get to Dalvin Cook, is the fact that the 49ers, all all that I would like to do, and it must be too much to ask for, maybe I'm asking for too much, is for them to come out and say, you know what, Brock, we would not have been in the position we were in last season if it weren't for you. You are, you were phenomenal. We appreciate everything you did for us this season, and we are behind you and your recovery, and we can't wait to see you back on the field um, for us competing for the San Francisco 49ers, comma. But we drafted Trey number three overall for a reason. We have confidence in our guy. We believe in him. And now it's Trey's time to step up. Like he's got, I would, I would even, I would even love it if they said you have to, like it's time for him to get it going, right? Just, just give him, give the vote of confidence, right? I know a lot of times we listen to coach speak and we're like, coach speak means nothing. They're just talking. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's what people aren't saying that makes me a little concerned. And what I've yet to hear from the San Francisco 49ers, whether that be John Lynch, whether that be a beat reporter, whether that be Kyle Shanahan is some support behind their young quarterback. And that's all I'm asking for, right? I you can read into that however you want. I'm not trying all I'm saying is it would be nice to have heard that from from those guys. And we haven't, man. So yeah. I don't know, Jay. This is a situation where if you're sitting in a draft, you tell me, Jay, are you confident pressing the button on either of those guys? Are you confident saying I know unequivocally, unequivocally it's Brock Purdy, or I know without a shadow of a doubt it's Trey Lance. Because I don't. I truly don't. I don't know, Jay. I mean, if we're being honest, I, I don't really want to draft Brock Purdy, even though I believe he's a starter. Because the upside just isn't really there for him, it seems. He was great last season. He won games. 
but we want to see Trey Lance because he's the guy that we want for fantasy. He's the guy that can run. He's the guy with the cannon of the arm. He's the guy that could unlock some of the stuff that Brock Purdy, that Jimmy Garoppolo, that C.J. Beathard, that every damn quarterback we've seen play for San Francisco can't do. Trey Lance can theoretically, let's say that theoretically, get that done, right? He can, he can bomb it deep. He can do all those things. And you hit on a very big point. They took Sam Darnold in the first day of free agency. And the thing that wasn't said that we obviously aren't going to hear is what did they tell Sam Darnold to get him to sign? Because for everything that we don't think that Sam Darnold is, we think he's not that good, whatever. And and we, we all know what Sam Darnold is. He has a market because he is a competent backup quarterback. There would have been yes, other teams fine. trying to yes, sign him. Fine. Yes. So did they tell him, Sam, we really believe in you to be the backup quarterback for the team and compete with Trey Lance. And we're never going to know that. Because as you said, there's there's no support for Trey Lance at all. Absolutely zero. Not, not, and so not, not that's the, the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. They've been behind Brock Purdy from the beginning. The team is behind him. And all these things are all behind Brock Purdy. And that's fair because of what he did. And I think the other big point here is that you talked about the window. They have to put the quarterback they believe in the most on the field. They need to win every game, win as many games as possible, because they have a Super Bowl window that probably isn't closing, but is wide open right now. They have an amazing team, and they have all the pieces in place. They can't afford to mess around with Trey Lance. And I think that's the biggest problem. And if you are and if if you are a winning franchise that's trying to win games, you have to put the best quarterback that you believe in on the field, well, and that is not Trey Lance. And And... I'm going to say this, Jay. I'm going to disagree with you a little okay. bit, right? I'm I'm Yes, you need to put the best quarterback on the field 100%. And they should put their best players on the field. I just don't think we know if it's him or not. And unfortunately, like I think both can be true. Brock did a great job in his what? 6 game sample size I think it was. 6 games. Well, it was it was closer to 9 with 9 playoffs, games, right? It was not, okay, yeah. 9 game sample size. Um, he was phenomenal, right? He was phenomenal. And I, I do agree that it's hard to pull somebody off of the field, but I also think, and I think it is true, Lance has not gotten a shot now. No, yes. I'm, 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 I, he has not gotten a fair shake. The only thing I can say to that is we look at it as we haven't seen them on the field. I want to see him play four games. I want to see him play half a season. Yes. Where... Like, we're seeing the very end result of a lot of things that happen throughout the week, right? There's a lot of stuff that factors into you getting on the field on Sunday or not getting on the field. Give it to me, and, Ray. Give it to me. And the great philosopher, the great philosopher, Mike Zimmer, once said, why do I need to see him in the game when I see him every day in practice? So I'm just looking at it. It's the lawyer in me, Jay. I'm looking at it from both sides. Do I think... Trey Lance has gotten a, a, a shit shake at the job. And I don't think that people should lose their job or their spot due to injury. Like, I think you need to have that ripped away from you. If they, they had confidence in him going into the season. They said he's our yep. guy. Jimmy Garoppolo just took him to the Super Bowl. And they said, no, you sit on the bench. Trey's our guy. So he mm -hmm. didn't. He has not lost it due to poor play. Spare me the Chicago game. It was a damn monsoon. No takeaway from any side of the ball. Chicago or San Francisco. I took nothing away from that besides one of the dopest pitchers I've ever seen in NFL history came out of that game with, with the Bears Slide. sliding in the rain. Then in week two, he snaps his damn leg. So don't, don't give me he lost it, right? He, he's, been, he's been unavailable. But 
this is one where it, it may end up being just an unfortunate situation where we look back and be like, he just never got a fair shake in San Francisco. And we don't know if he's good or bad, but what we do know is he just has not gotten a fair shot. And if I had to bet on it being one or the other right now, I just don't trust Kyle shenanigans, man. I, I yeah. think that they want to play Brock Purdy. I don't think Trey's going to get a fair shot. And the, and the worst part about it, Jay, I don't think they'll trade him. I think they'll just eat him. He'll just yeah. be on the team. He'll just be the backup quarterback. And what's that mean for us and our Trey Lance shares in fantasy? Zero. Hope. Hope. I hope. And, I, and yeah. I don't even, I'm not even saying that's the right decision, but I do think that's what the shenanigans wants to do. In San Francisco, Jay. I want to um, I want to move on to talk about a, a, another position, uh, a terrible position, but something that's Favorite just position. got my antennas up, Jay. My antennas are up right now because this Dalvin Cook thing, Jay, to the Jets. So a lot of talk about Dalvin Cook and the Jets, Dalvin Cook in the AFC East. We know he doesn't want to go to Buffalo and infringe upon his little brother, but New England, Miami, the Jets. The the latest report. From uh, Adam uh, Horoscope Schefter was uh, he 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 would love to see Dalvin Cook in the with the Jets and again we're excited for Brees Brees's mom shout out to Ms. McDaniel big big supporter of the show Jay I mean what the hell Dalvin Cook it, it, the Jets even thinking about this what does this tell you what does this tell you about the situation about Brees I mean, anything to t- like, this is wild, man. Well, I think the interesting thing about this story is that this isn't the first time the Jets have been linked to a running back, right? It seems like every time a running back comes comes about, they are linked to the Jets. And we're like, they have good running backs. Like, e- even if they have to roll Michael Carter out there, he was pretty good, right? Zonovan Knight, still on the roster. Hey, didn't wasn't that a report that they want? They were looking at Jameer Gibbs in the draft? Yeah. Yep, he was, and and that was one of the reasons why the Lions took him because there was Ugh. they were looking at Jameer Gibbs, and so you know he's talked about how he doesn't want to play for Buffalo, even though that's kind of the best spot for him. I think it would be dope if he played with his brother. He seemed to disagree; doesn't want to take the job from his brother, which is kind of funny. Big Brother's like, yeah, you know, I'll take your job, so I'm not going to go there. But the Jets, I mean, right at that point, how could you play any of those guys? How could you even be confident week to week, dude? That what are, you could start Brees Hall. I don't even want to go there. Cook? What are they doing? We got Brees Hall. The, we got Brees. But they're just. But you think about it from an NFL standpoint, if you could get Dalvin Cook for like even five Bro, million dollars, why? That's you, worth it. That's worth it. I get it. So I get. Talented. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're you're trying to field the best team possible. I'm not saying you're wrong. We're right? talking fantasy here. We're talking fantasy football. This but, this would not be good. It wouldn't be good. Real bad because for everything Brees Hall is, Dalvin Cook is still a really good running back. He's still a really good running back that deserves touches in the NFL. And if they sign him, he's gonna play. He's gonna play. And then at that point, how many touches Dude. is Brees getting a game? He's gonna get slowed back, and he's gonna be, uh, you know, just take your time coming back. Is he at that point might as, might as well be on the taxi squad or traded because he's not gonna play? Oh, right? why are we like, even talking about Izzy? Like, don't even. Just, be- it's it'd just be a disaster. But you look at what they've done. Whether it's the LaFleur offense, the Shanahan offense, like ha- like Hackett, obviously, there now. They've ran two-back systems for a long time. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. It would suck, Everyone is saying, but I wouldn't be shocked. 
that Tanner Wolf is saying this is noise. This is noise. I, this is I, I noise. believe it's noise too. You know, but there's been it isn't the first time running backs have been I, linked it, to the Jets. Well, and, and that's Jay, the problem. And, and there's is, so many out there. It's not just Dalvin Cook available. What if Zeke goes there and is the goal line back because they don't want to run Brees up the A gap? It's it's listen. A this is where this is where real football intersects with fantasy, and yep. the reality is you, Jordan Richards. At your boy Jay Rich on Twitter, Mr. Skip Richards himself, you're right. This is a great football move for the Jets to bring in. It, here's the thing. Regardless, I, I think we can all reasonably assume that the version of Brees Hall we see week one will be vastly different than the version we see in week 10, right? It's going to take him a little time yeah. to get ramped up, to get back going. He tore his knee up. And the good football move would be like, this is one of the best running backs in the league. Bring him in. We got Aaron Rodgers. We got uh, Mercedes Lewis saying he's ready to contribute in week in year 18. He's this would be offers, a great yeah. move for the Jets that would be awful for us for fantasy. This is just, mm-hmm. this is what this is. And I don't believe it's noise. I don't believe it's smoke because the Jets' number one priority is to win the AFC East. I don't give a yep. shit about fantasy. Don't give a crap about getting Brees. You think they really want to give Brees three hundred plus touches this year? No, nope. no way. That's their qu- that's their running back of the future, man. Like if they bring Dalvin and Jay, it's a what one year deal, right? One year yeah. deal. That, that they're not giving him anything more than a one year. Come in, help contribute, and then go find a team next year. It's a great move for the Jets to put the best team around Aaron Rodgers to give them a chance to win. And it would be awful for us in fantasy. Now, the reports are AFC East is where he's going. New England, don't do it. I mean, you got Ramondre. Just, just they might stop. Stop. So don't question do for it. you, though, about this. Don't because, do it. And, and just you didn't stop. mention Buffalo yet. But is there any gamesmanship here in the AFC East to sign Dalvin Cook to keep him away from your division mates? Right, because it's going to be a highly contested division all year long. Well, not New so, England. Not New England. I'm well, not just, New England. I'm not New England. That but, off the list. But like, the Dolphins stop. and the Jets. I mean, the Jets. We'll see about the Jets. I'm not. I'm not as in on the national media. Yeah, as Dolphins the Jets, cool. The Jets, yeah, but. yeah. Dolphins makes a ton of sense to me. Like, the, come and on. Heavily man. linked there as well. Early. Yes. Yeah. Go and, to Miami. And of course, Buffalo should be an option because they need a running back. Well, they got Damian. They have Harrison Damian Harris. Cook. Cut him. Cut him. Sign Dalvin Cook. Cut him. Just see you later. Right. And, and so right. I'm with you. I think I think for fantasy it sucks no matter where he goes. And there's a lot of running backs out there that no matter where they go, it's bad for fantasy. So yeah, I mean we're gonna see what happens with Cook, but it's I don't know I don't know if I'm making more of this, but it seems like the market is very small for a very talented back, uh, and it doesn't seem like he's asking for too much money because we would probably hear that right. It would be leaked because Hopkins is asking for too much money, and we'll get into that. Yeah. So. I don't know what to do with the situation. I hope it gets resolved soon because I think Cook's a very talented back. But you look at all these running backs and no matter where they go, they're bad for fantasy. But people need to understand they are going to get signed. Zeke is going to be on a team. Leonard Fournette's probably going to be on a team. Joe Mixon isn't on the Bengals now, or he's on the Bengals now, but he may not be. And I think he will be, so I don't think that's going to change. But there are running backs out there that will take jobs or at least take snaps away from guys that we really do like. So it's unfortunate, but... I hope it gets resolved soon because these underdog drafts are tough when you yeah. don't know if Brees yeah, Hall is this. Yeah, you don't even this. know. It's tough. It, it, this can you is, even draft Brees right now? 
I'll just say this, man. It it makes me very it makes me a little concerned that that the Jets name continues to pop up with running backs. And yep. The the reality is you you've made the best point in here that this is where real football and fantasy football are meet at a at a crossroads. They meet in the alley, the old football drill. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's probably a great move for the Jets, man. It it probably would be a phenomenal move for the Jets. You protect your young running back. You get a veteran in that can operate right away with Aaron Rodgers, hit the ground running. I know he had shoulder surgery, but when doesn't Dalvin Cook have some injury, right? He he plays. Like, despite all of that, he's going to play. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. We'll talk about Hopkins in a minute, Jay. But I want to get to a section, and I'm going to be very, very clear how how I say this. Buying or selling the hype on these players, Jay. Buying or selling the hype. What you buy or sell for, that is up to you and your league. But are you buying into the hype that these players are getting? So let's start off with um let's start off with one of the bigger names and our boy that's a frequent visitor of the show. He's been a guest on Wake Up more than anybody else. Derek Brown at Debro on Debro underscore FFB on Twitter does stuff with fantasy pros. He has been pumping up those New York Giants. Waller, Ooh. the baller, tight end one in 2023 from old Debro. He's going to finish his tight end what? one this year. Believe he said that. Don't don't quote me, Debro. If you said like <laughs> top two or top three, he said tight end one. So, Jay, Jer- Darren Waller comes over from the Raiders. Nobody wanted to play there last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Giants trade for him. All the hype and enthusiasm about Darren Waller coming out of minicamp being just this monster with Daniel Jones. So my question to you, Jay Rich, are you buying the hype on Darren Waller finishing the season as a top five tight end in fantasy or are you selling that? I am absolutely buying the hype. Absolutely buying the hype. Absolutely buying the hype. Because here's the thing for me, Ray. You look at the top tight ends in football, there's three locked into the top five. Yes. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. Okay. You have George Kittle, who we like a lot, and with Brock Purdy was great, so I don't want to discount George Kittle in that regard. He should be pretty good this year. You have Kyle Pitts, who you know, overrated, overpriced. No way, Jose. Stop. Dallas Goddard could be great. I don't know what to make of Dallas Goddard relative to Darren Waller, but if you're telling me that Darren Waller is going to be the number one target on the New York Giants, I will happily take that over Kyle Pitts, who I believe is the number two, and over Dallas Goddard, who at best is probably the number three in his offense. So you're taking a tight end one with upside who has finished as a top three tight end before. I believe he finished as tight end one one year. Or was it Kelsey was one and Waller was two? So Debro may be a little bit out over skis a little bit on Waller, but understand that you are buying a player who could be the top target on his team. They don't throw the ball deep a lot. So again, Waller can work in the short intermediate where he is great. He can run up the seams. He can score touchdowns. The problem is the health. But if Darren Waller is healthy, he's been a great fantasy asset for pretty much the entire part of his career. I believe that you should be buying the hype on Waller. I understand you want to buy Evan Ingram. But after Evan Ingram, Njoku, Fryermuth, Kincaid, hell no. Chiggy, hell no. Dolchich, no way. Schultz, Komet, obviously gets more gross from there. You talk about the top guys, you can make the case for Waller in the top five pretty easily because the target share, the touchdown share, and the yardage could all be there, and he could be the number one on his team. Cannot say that about any other guy other than Travis Kelsey and potentially Mark Andrews. So I think that's the bull case for Darren Waller, and obviously the bear case is the injuries. Jay, um, I think you're spot on with the top three. I think we could at least reasonably assume it's going to be 
Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson right there, top three. Yeah. Kittle, I think Pitts is right back up. I mean, I mean, Pitts was just a byproduct of awful quarterback play. I think Pitts is going to be Way up back. there. Way back. I, I know you don't like him. Um, am I buying top five for Darren Waller this year? I don't know if I'm buying top five, but I am buying very good. I think he's going to be really good in that offense with Daniel Jones. He's yep. the most accomplished receiver that they have, right? They've got a bunch of slot guys. He and Isaiah Hodgins are the two biggest receivers that they have. So I think I, I am buying. I'm buying that nobody wanted to play with the Raiders last year. I'm buying that yeah. it was a cluster in Las Vegas last year. You saw how they did Derek Carr. I mean, Hunter Renfro didn't play. Jacobs, out of nowhere, was the only one that did a damn thing for the Raiders. Him and him and, and Tay. Adams. Adams. Like, yeah. I mean, him and Tay. Come on now. I mean, it's Devontae, yeah. but... Am I buying top five? Uh, he's got a shot. I'll say that it is not out. I don't think it's outside. So the, I don't think it's my crazy. My question at all. for you, right? You would would you buy top six? Because I think you would. Probably. It feels like five is that. <laughs> it feels like your over under is like that five and a half, right? And Probably. it's an even line, and you're like, oh, it could go either way. But yeah, like when you start to say six, it's like, oh yeah, he's got like probably a seventy five percent chance to be top six, and I think probably an eighty percent chance to be top seven, right? Where he's being drafted right now. So I think that's where top five is like. It sounds great, but I think the better case here to make is the top four tight ends last season scored over 10 fantasy points per game, right? You have Travis Kelsey at 14.8, Mark Andrews 11.6, TJ Hawkinson at 10 because there was the Lions and Minnesota split, and then you have George Kittle at 11.4 where he went nuclear at the end of the season. Waller was at 9.1, Goddard was at 9.4. So again, right at tight end six, and in this new offense on the Giants with hopefully an increased target share, increased touchdown share, definitely has an opportunity to be... 11, 12 points per game. And this is in half PPR underdog scoring. All right, Jay. All right. Got another one for you, Jay. All right. Are you buying the hype? Are you buying the hype or are you selling the hype that Clayton Toon is going to be the week one starter for the Arizona Cardinals? Now, listen, Arizona Republic's Bob McMenamin expects Cardinals to give rookie QB Clayton Toon a chance to start week one. In quotes, all anyone knows for sure is with Kyler, uh, all anyone knows for sure is with Kyler Murray expected to miss some portion of next season and Colt McCoy being an obvious injury risk, the door could swing open for Clayton Toon to experience his own Brock Purdy type opportunity. Oh, oh baby. Boy. Here we go. Brock what? Purdy 2.0 writes McManaman. Considering the offense, the Cardinals wouldn't have to change much if Toon were left to run the show. Toon ran a 4-6 at the Combine, tying for the second mm -hmm. fastest Raz, second highest Raz behind Colts' Anthony Richardson, and was a five-year starter at Houston, making him the most pro-ready of this year's quarterbacks. And injured McCoy and journeyman David Blau slash Draft Driscoll are all that stand in Toon's way of starting week one. So, Jay, are you buying or selling Clayton Toon starting a game. I'm not even going to say multiple games, but starting a game in Arizona in 2023. I'll keep it short and sweet, and I'm absolutely buying this. Absolutely, okay. Ray. I, I believe that they should give Clayton Tune a shot because for everything that these guys are, and, and Arizona's going to be bad. Ray, I think the reality is, is that... Patrick said if diet you, A, Rich, let's go. Let's I just want to know how far behind his RAS was. Okay, he was second on the list, but how far behind was his RAS really? I mean, with the 4-6, it's probably not bad. But, I mean, you and I stood next to Clayton Tune at the Senior Bowl. I'm bigger than him. I'd say considerably bigger than Dude, him. Dude, I mean, 
So he is little. He's fast. He's, right. he's faster than me. That's for I'm sure. looking at his Jay. What I'm looking it? at his Raz. It's pretty good. Um, How tall was he again? Six like, two two twenty. Six two. Okay. It's pretty big. Six two two twenty. Um, That's not bad. He didn't. Nine point eight. Nine. I'm just not. What does Raz have to do with anything at quarterback? I don't know. I, I don't know. But he's he's six yeah, two two twenty. What was his S two score? You got that? Huh? You got his S two? No, I was looking for the S two. Mm -hmm. The point is, are you buying or selling Clayton Toon? Buy and buy and buy. I, I think, I, again, if you have a rookie draft and you get super flex, take Clayton Toon because it's, it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. Man, se 17th out of 916 quarterbacks from 87 to 2023. Clayton Toon. Let's Toon. go. Athletic. Mm. All right, Jay. Very athletic, yeah. Let's go to your favorite uh, duo and pairing. Let's talk a little uh, Justin Fields. Let's talk a little Justin Fields. My so, favorite. There was a report out of The Athletic um, from uh, Ted Wynn believes Justin Fields has the foundation to make a dramatic improvement as a passer in 2023. Uh, it was pretty awful in 2022. Wynn it's added dramatic. that Fields' shortcomings aren't as dramatic as some naysayers believe. You, Jordan. Fields is entering his second year in the same offensive system with significant upgrades to his pass-catching group, including... Fantasy favorite DJ Moore, he struggled mightily as a passer in 2022, ranking 27th in completion rate over expected on the year, though he improved in the season's second half. Wynn said that Fields can't hold the ball as long as he did last year, needs to make more accurate throws from the pocket without stepping up to avoid pressure, blah, 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 blah. Fields, DJ Moore, are you buying or selling? Because the reports out of minicams, these two have looked incredible, Jay. Are you buying or selling DJ Moore? And Justin Fields is a top five connection quarterback wide receiver duo in 2023. Are you buying that hype or are you selling it, Jay? You're selling? What? You're selling. Right. No way. No way in hell. Top five? Top five? They're in the top 10. I don't even know if they're in the top 10. Like, let's be honest. Okay. Okay, I we just, just we, we 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 hit off the show right with three pairs of receivers that have quarterbacks that are really good. So okay. that's already six guys that are better than Justin Fields. All right, and, top ten, and DJ Moore. top ten. All right, top ten. Are they, is he a top? Are they a top ten duo? No, I'm gonna say I'm still gonna say Jeez. no. I'm okay. still saying no. I don't think so. Top fifteen. I, um, top twenty five. 25. I I could get on board with twenty five. Right? Fifteen is. Okay, so Ray, we talked about the foundation for Justin Fields. That starts with the legs, right? He's got some big legs. He can run. You know, he's strong. Um, take growth as a passer. Okay, two thousand yards. Maybe we can get twenty five hundred, three thousand this year if everything if everything clicks. Um, the thing that people need to realize, right, is we're not drafting Justin Fields to throw the ball. We're just not. We're we're not doing that. So he's gonna run. And I think people need to understand that the the best thing about Justin Fields, and I think the best case for Justin Fields is that when Lamar Jackson broke the rushing record, he only regressed by about 200 yards the following season. So for people who may say, well, what if Justin Fields doesn't run? He regressed as a rusher. That's probably not going to happen to the degree that people expect. He's not just going to run for like 600 yards next year. He'll probably run for eight to 900. So that's great for fantasy already. But the connection with DJ Moore, I just don't care. They're not going to throw the ball a lot. He's not a good passer. And that's okay because we play the fantasy game and they're trying to win the Super Bowl. Right, they got to figure out how to win a Super Bowl or even just win the division with Justin Fields because they drafted him. Well, technically they did not draft him, but they are stuck with him now, and they have to figure out if he's their quarterback of the future. Getting DJ Moore is big, but it is not this AJ Brown type level of ascension we're going to see from Justin Fields. That's not happening, 
And honestly, DJ Moore is probably still overrated in a lot of drafts because the volume could be there in terms of total market share, but the top end volume that you want from big receivers and good receivers, it's just not going to be there unless things drastically change. So, okay, what do you think? Really? Okay, you say you're selling them as a top five duo. Like, real, you're not top 10 I duo? I legit would sell no them way. as top 10 easy. I'd be shorting the hell out of them at top 10. Okay, top 15. Top 15 duo. I don't think Stacked. so. I think I could probably name Damn, 15 guys. Jay. All right. We did okay. We didn't name Jefferson. We didn't okay. name CD. Right. We didn't name Kelsey and Andrew or Kelsey Andrews Lamont. Like, there's a lot of guys that again, this is tight ends now, but still, right? It's it's still Jordan Love good. and Jordan Love. Would you rather have Jordan and Love and Watson. Christian Watson or Justin Fields and DJ Moore? Who would you rather you gotta, have? You got to take DJ Moore and and Justin Fields because the the delta between Justin Fields okay. and Jordan Love is massive. All right, Matthew massive. Stafford and Cooper Cup or Justin Fields and DJ Moore for fantasy? For fantasy, which pair would Dude, you rather have? Give me Stafford and Cup all day long. That connection okay. is money. Okay, that connection is money. Lamar Jackson and any of the Ravens receivers, not, not Andrews, Andrews. Yeah, not any Andrews. of the Ravens receivers or. Justin Fields and DJ Moore. You got you got to take Justin Fields and DJ Moore. Okay, well DJ Moore will be the one. It sure seems a lot higher than twenty. Let me ask you another one: Daniel Jones and any of the receivers, not Waller. You would take Fields and Moore, wouldn't you? Yeah, you got to. You, you got would a hundred percent. You got to. Nah. You got to. I'm going to give okay, you. Okay, so here's here's the list though. Here's, like you're just taking them inside the, the top fifteen. You're you're okay. foolish. Oh, no, no. Okay, Diggs, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Garrett talking. Wilson, Devontae Adams, Amara St. Brown, Jalen Waddle. Okay, here's the okay, one. No, hold, Carter, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, Jay, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jay. You would take Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams over Fields and Moore right now. Garoppolo oh, maybe, and Adams. Maybe. No, you if wouldn't. Garoppolo's, if no, Garoppolo's healthy all year, all year, right? And Because you know, you know Adams <sighs> getting 160, 170 targets. You know Today, he's getting there. Right now, Garoppolo and Adams, Fields and more. Who you taking? Why right not? Now. I would take Jimmy G and Adams because I'm getting the I'm getting Adams, which is what you want. Okay, so now here's a, actually a good one that I think is a good conversation. Derek Carr, Chris Olave. I'm taking Fields and more. Uh, fields and more. Okay. Okay. I'm taking Fields. Devonta Smith, not close. T. Higgins, not no. close. DK no. Metcalf, Geno Smith. Fields and more. Easy. Okay. Fields and right? more. Easy. Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence. Fields and, fields and more. Taking That's fields tough. and more. I, like, I kind of like that. Fields right? and more. Then, Ke then Keenan Allen, maybe, maybe not. Like, I think Keenan Allen's a good comparable because you get Herbert, and Keenan <sighs> Allen's probably going to be better than DJ Moore. Realistically, the volume will be there. Mm, I, right? don't I don't Drake know. Drake London. Desmond Ritter. Drake London and Ritter, stop. stop. I think you're full of shit. Mike you Williams. Would take him inside the top. All right, we got to go to the next thing because you're full 15 of is, 15 is close. 15 is close. All right. It's close. All right. Jay, there was a report, um, a report from, uh, who, who said this report? Who is this from? Somebody. There was a report about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, all right? Yeah. The sun god himself, the freak. Woo! Um, are you buying or selling Amon Ross St. Brown achieving the holy trinity? And for those people who don't know this coin that we've, uh, this phrase that we've coined, it's not uh, preparing for etouffee or gumbo, but when you're looking at wide receivers, Target share, yak, and air yards. Like, if you just look at those three things, you could spot which receivers are good and which, which ones are elite, which ones are good, and which ones are awful. Yep. Amon Ross St. Brown has two of the three Holy Trinity, Trinity ingredients, right? 
Target share, check. Yak, he's a monster. Where he struggles is down the field. And Amon Ross said he wants to be used more as a downfield pass catcher. He's a slot guy, dominated the short intermediate parts of the field first two years. Told reporters he wants to uh, wants to play deep more. Lions receivers coach Antoine Randall says he has seen subtle growth from St. Brown that can help him in his quest. A mere 6.5% of St. Brown's 2022 targets were over 20 yards, Jay. So he's not doing anything downfield amongst the lowest rates in the league. He could see a little more downfield action in 2023, though fantasy managers should expect his A dot to once again hover around seven. So in my opinion, Jay, this is what's keeping Amon Ra from that next level, right? From entering, and he was phenomenal as is, right? But to get to that warp difference maker, like this dude is winning you week single-handedly consistently, are you buying or selling Amon Ross St. Brown going down the field more in 2023? I'm going to say, I don't think they're going to do I'm, it. I, I'm this selling is, it, yeah. This is who Amon Ra was in college. It's ex- If you go look at his analytics from USC, it's the same. Targets, check. Yak, check. Downfield, doesn't do it. Didn't do it in college. No. Has yet to do it two years in the NFL. And I feel like J-Mo slash Marvin Jones slash Josh yeah. Reynolds... That's their role. Stretch the field. Amon Ra, you command the middle. These guys stretch the field. Are you buying or selling Amon Ra getting down the field more in 23? I mean, I would buy that it's more, but I think it's insignificant for him, right? I don't think it's going to be this drastic change. You mentioned Marvin Jones, who can get down the field. Jamison Williams, obviously, will get down the field. Josh Rams will get down the field. And even Sam Laporta will probably get down the field more than Amon Ra St. Brown. I think we've seen his role, and it's been great in the way that he's thrived in that role. But is he going to magically become this guy that he's not? I don't think so, no. I don't think he's going to magically become this downfield threat. Uh, You know, we, and honestly, even coming out, we made that comparison at times to Robert Woods. We thought he could be this Robert Woods type of receiver, uh, maybe not to the Cooper Cup level that we've seen, but I think what we've seen from Robert Woods when he went from Buffalo to the Rams and was a great yak machine for years and years, I think that's what Amra can be. And while he can make plays down the field, I don't think the target share will come down the field for Amra in 2023. Yeah. And I and, and and listen, Jay. There's been no who's been the biggest Amon Ra truther since the pre-draft process, man. I was like, you there's have. no reason he should have fallen to the fourth round. He's an incredible receiver. I think this is just who he is, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is, this is not an indictment on Amon Ra. Like when everyone was selling for seconds, I'm telling people go get him, hold him, don't sell. This this kid can play. Yep. But is he going to be the guy that's stretching the field, going downfield vertically? And Debro said. Uh, uh, shout out to Debra who's in the chat. He said, what if I said Amon Ra was fifth in passer rating when targeted deep last year? Yes, small sample. He can win on the outside. I think he can too. It's not a matter of if he can. It's a matter of if the Lions are going to deploy him that way. And then Rico said in the chat, he's got six games to show that he can go down the field. So right now, today, I'm going to sell him achieving that holy trinity of uh, receiver metrics. But love me some Amon Ra St. Brown, Jay. Got another one yeah. for you, Jay, and everybody in the chat. And I love the love the engagement in the chat. Keep it coming. Are you, Jay, buying or selling DeAndre Hopkins being nuked, literally Ooh. being nuked? Ooh. Because right now, the uh, Diana Rossini reports that free agent DeAndre Hopkins is, in quotes, trying to get more teams interested after visits with the Titans and Patriots. The all-pro receiver left both of his free agent visits without signing a deal. 
Hopkins' asking price has a limited market at this stage of the offseason, putting him in no rush to sign. Hopkins, who has had a history of skipping practices, could wait until the preseason to find his next team. Is DeAndre Hopkins nuked, or is he just really waiting for the best situation to pop up? Where are you at with this one? I'm, man, I'm kind of split. I think he sort of nuked himself. Oh. You know? I really think he has. I don't know if that's a buy or a sell, but I think he's kind of nuked himself to some degree. He could have went to New England and been the wide receiver one there. But again, I get why he wants to win games, and he's probably not going to do that in New England. Same story in Tennessee, right? Um, he's probably not going to be the, he could probably be the one next to Traylon Burks. But I think the problem for Hopkins is that he wants that Odell contract, and it's just probably not going to be there. Mike Reese reported that there was talks with the Patriots of potentially, he suspected, a $10 million deal with up to 12 in incentives. Obviously, Odell Beckham got 15 up to 18. That's not a bad deal. But again, to go play for the Patriots, I don't think I would necessarily want that either. There's all the reports he, he wanted to go to Buffalo, and, and Buffalo seems to be out at this time. You know, there's reports, like you talked about, he's maybe just going to hold out a training camp, sign in the preseason, which for fantasy isn't great, but he could be fine. He's waiting for the money, but I don't think the money's going to come. Like, the longer you wait, doesn't it seem less likely that the money's going to magically show up at his doorstep? I don't know. I think there's a lot to figure out with Hopkins. I, I mean, you look at Dalvin Cook and these running backs, they're not asking for too much money. They're just asking for a, a shot, right? Hopkins, deservedly so, should get a big contract. But you look at Odell, it's the desperation of the Ravens trying to get Lamar Jackson. It's a yeah. very unique circumstance that you can't compare to Hopkins, even though I believe Hopkins is a much better receiver, much, much better. So I have to buy or sell that he kind of nuked his own value because of what he's asking for. And the NFL simply cannot support that with where they're at right now. The teams just don't want to pay that for him. And I can understand that. I can understand that. Yeah, I'm selling it. I don't think he's nuked at all. I, I think he's a vet, man. This guy doesn't. What what the hell does DeAndre Hopkins want to do at minicamp? You know, I mean, yeah, I get sure. it. Go out there and for practice. Sure. The, I get the team camaraderie. I get all that. Yada yada. But yada. when but you're but when you're a new receiver on a new team, though, I get that. That's tough. But he's also he's also an all pro, right? He's also yeah. yeah. He's a. But you remember when OBJ went to the Rams? He he didn't play a lot and he kind of struggled early because you have to get acclimated yeah. to the offense. So yeah. that's that can be tough. And for people yeah. who are drafting him, what in the third round or early fourth round of underdog drafts, if he doesn't sign till preseason week three, how is he going to be this target share monster guy? Because he's DeAndre Hopkins. Through four. And, and, and hope, I know right? that's a poor. I know that's, that's poor. That's not very deep. Going deep with the analysis. Oh, because yeah. but because he's DeAndre Hopkins, I guess. I mean, that's why he's not injured. He's healthy. He's just chilling. Yep. Like you put of these teams, you put DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee. He's the one. I don't get. I love Traylon. Yeah, throw 100%. him the ball. Throw it to Hopkins. You put him in New England. Throw it to number ten. You put him mm -hmm. in L.A. Throw it. To, like it's not hard. Throw it to ten. Right. Throw to him. I think that's what's going to happen. So I'm selling DeAndre actually being nuked. I think he just is waiting for the money, waiting for the opportunity. All right. Last buying or selling the hype, Jay. Last and training one. camp isn't for a month, so yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I'm selling that he's nuked. I'm selling. Are you buying or selling the hype, Jay, around this man, Todd Monken? All right, Tylen Wallace? T no, not Tylen Wallace. No, absolutely not. Todd Monken, the J Athletics Jeff Zubrick or Zerbrick. I, 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 excuse me, Jeff, if I mispronounce your name. Uh, writes, it's been clear that Todd Monken has prioritized playing at a faster pace getting the running backs involved in the passing game and executing in the red zone at Ravens <laughs> minicamp, all right? 
In four seasons under offensive coordinator Greg Roman, listen to this, Jay. The Ravens have ranked dead last in running back targets per game with 3.4 per game. Ugh. While some of this can be pinned on Lamar Jackson's rushing and his ability to escape the pocket, rather than dumping it down, the Ravens' decision to not target running backs has been glaringly obvious. J.K. Dobbins, who has been in a contract dispute with the team, would be the biggest beneficiary of an uptick in targets as it stands right now. But, Jay, in this same article, Jeff said one of the biggest risers coming out of minicamp for the Ravens. Oh you ready? You ready? Oh, boy. No. Justice Hill, Jay, Justice Hill, all right, said that um, with J.K. Dobbins sitting out and Gus Edwards being still banged up, uh, Justice Hill, he carried the ball and made catches out of the backfield. Whenever there were special teams drills, he was first player in line. 2019 fourth-round pick has become a favorite of the coaching staff because of his work ethic, selflessness, and versatility. All those qualities were on display during all of the offseason workouts. If Dobbins and Edwards are healthy in early September, Hill likely won't have a significant role offensively. However, the Ravens, and you know them, uh, he'll be a core special Mm -hmm. teamer and ready to contribute if one of those guys is hurt or not ready, Jay. So my question to you, are you buying or selling the Ravens finally using their running backs in the receiving game and then sort of like a, a, a counter buy or sell the hype. Any interest in Justice Hill in deep dynasty leagues, deep rosters, would you go out and add a little Justice Hill? They're saying Gus Edwards ain't doing much of anything right now. Remember, he's recovering from, uh, you know, he had that that ACL injury the same time mm-hmm. that J.K. Dobbins did. They both came back a little gimpy. Are you buying or selling, A, Todd Munkin throwing to the damn running backs? Three targets a game and is just dreadful, right? Dreadful. And do you realize that J.K. Yeah. Dobbins, I know he's only played three years, Jay, but he's only had one game in his career where he's had 15, I think two games in his career where he's had more than 15 carries in a game, which is kind of wild. But wow. are they going to use the running backs in the passing game? Yes or no? I believe that Todd Munkin wants to use the running backs in the passing game. Yes. But here's the problem, Ray. Mm. Is Lamar Jackson going to throw the ball to the running back if it's not a designed play, right? You look at Todd Munkin and Kenny McIntosh last season at Georgia, he caught 42 passes, which is really good, right? In college, that's really, really good. Um, So I believe that he does want to get the running backs the ball, whether it's swing passes, whether it's design screens, because I don't think I ever saw the Ravens run a running back screen, like ever. I I just don't think they do it. So I think some of those design plays will be there, but will it be drastically different if Lamar Jackson is not checking it down to the running backs? Because go down the list of running of quarterbacks that run, whether it's Jalen Hurts, he doesn't check it down to the running back. Name a guy. Josh Allen doesn't really check down the running back too much either. He's better because he's in the pocket a little bit more, but these guys that tend to run, they don't check it down to running backs. They just would rather run and their running back will block for them. So I believe that Munkin and would buy that Munkin wants to get the ball to the running backs more, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be overall super significant. Now, to your point about Justice Hill, I don't want to say he could be something. That was kind of a but, joke. You mean, I mean, okay. I mean, are you? would you pick him up? Would you pick him up? I cut him in a bunch of places. Like he caught going, 50 passes in college. Like a million again, years ago. That's not a, a lot million. for a lot of people. It's not a lot to a lot of people, but... It's significant enough because in college, people don't catch passes. So if he caught 51 passes in, or 49 passes in college, I'd be saying, well, his whole he's probably college decent. Career, that's it? Yeah. he Best season was sophomore season. He caught 31 passes. That's not and bad. So then, he's uh, caught, then he caught 18 the rest of the years? Yeah. 
He didn't catch much in his junior year at all. He, I mean, he barely played his what junior year. Doing? He got supplanted probably by Chuba Hubbard. But are, um, are so they going to throw at, the ball to Dobbins? That's the real fucking question. Are they going to throw it to J.K.? I hope so. I hope so. But is but the but the problem is right. Is Dobbins going to be the third down back, or is he going to be the first and second down back to where those receptions won't be as likely to come? That's the question. That's the question. I don't know. I, I don't he know. He should be, but I don't know if he's going to be a workhorse in that way. I, I'm buying. I believe Munkin wants to throw to running backs, but Lamar has to has to do that as well in some of the off script plays and things like that. So that's that's the only thing. And, how much and again, of it is Lamar? Free. How much of it is the OC? Like you know, how much of it is Lamar just not doing it or not the plays not being called? And I mean, for so four years last year, last year it was it was Roman. Like it's been Roman, but it's I don't been think Roman, now, right? I don't think now it's going to be Munkin, but. Doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get all of these targets to running backs? I definitely agree with you. It was Roman for the called plays and things like that, but there's also the element of the off script and the let's just get it to the back, check it down to the back, which Lamar almost never does. So I think that's that's a factor too. He has to do a bit of that, and then we'll see the closer two three targets a game that we're hoping for Dobbins that we haven't seen at all. Ooh, man. Uh, Dan said, I'm calling it right now. Keaton Mitchell would be the RB2 behind Dobbins. I mean. Spicy. That's, that even, is. Not even getting a what? I kind of like it. Fuego. That is because Keaton like Mitchell, it. if you blow on him, he's falling down. So I do not believe that will be a thing. But I respect the call, Dan. I respect the cojones to drop that on the, drop that on a Monday. We'll see, man. Jay, I'm I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I'm drinking all the monk and Kool-Aid right now. I think that this is going to be an entirely new look I Ravens. With that team, I man. think it's going to be an entirely new look Ravens offense. Greg Roman prioritized the run. Todd Monken has been successful as an offensive play caller just about everywhere everywhere he's been. So um, I'm buying in. I'm with D bro. I'm buying in the OB oh, I'm buying into the Ravens. I'm buying into Lamar. I'm buying into Andrews. So, okay, question likely. okay, question for you though. Question I'm in. for you. I'm drinking the cool. You're in. And I'm with you. I'm in on the Baltimore offense. I think it'll be a great offense. I'm on the floor the of the problem church. Is, huh? Go the ahead. problem with the offense is I don't know who it's good for other than Lamar. Love it for Lamar. Can't make sense of anybody else. I like Andrews, though, and Andrews should be really good. Not really too worried about Andrews. But beyond that, even in the case of Dobbins, who we expect to have a pretty good year this year, it's tough to know what they're going to do and who's going to get the ball because there's so many guys there. None of them are great, but all of them are pretty good or decent, right? Enough to earn targets and get targets, but not necessarily have a commanding spot in this offense that we can rely on week after week. And that's what's, that's what's troubling for the Ravens is we don't know who's going to get the ball and how often they're going to get the ball. I think they're going to throw a lot, man. There's going to be a, a, an entirely new look Ravens team. I'm excited for all them cats. I'm excited for Lamar. I'm excited for, I know D-Bro thinks Odell is washed. I'm excited for the Ravens, man. I just want to see mm -hmm. the Ravens play. I think Lamar, uh, with his contract situation behind him, I think he's in for a big season. And um, I think that AFC North is just going to be a, a rough division with Lamar, with Burrow. If Cleveland's good. With yeah. Watson. Yeah, Cleveland, the Steelers. I think it's and just going to be a very, very yeah. tough division. You're going to get, what, didn't they have, they have two teams in the playoffs last year? The AFC North had two. Baltimore yeah, and Yeah, the Ravens Cincinnati. made the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, yeah they had two. Baltimore could could be like an NFC East situation where they had three teams in the playoffs last year with Dallas, the Giants, and Philadelphia. So it's going to be East, interesting, though. but there it the is. East. 
buying or selling the hype. They're saying the audio is going in or out. Refresh the uh, thing or it's Jay Rich's, uh, Jay Rich's internet. But that was the last one. That was the last buy or sell the hype. We went through a lot of different players. And Jay, that's the show. That's the show yeah, Monday, baby. That's it. Got it done. That's it. Anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here? I would don't blame don't blame Taylor Wolf. Get out. Don't blame my no. Nah, it's a nice. Don't blame Texas. It ain't Texas. It's Canada today. It ain't Texas. It's funny during the show. I was looking outside and it was legit like monsoon. Outside. So it is it your crazy. it is your internet that's screwing up the stream today. I don't know. I'm not hosting the stream, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, blame YouTube. It's all good. And then yeah, it's YouTube people. again. They're active. We got good stuff uh, coming. Go this check week. out Scott Connor's pod. Um, Ray, are you dropping a pod tomorrow? You I'm teased it. Sometime. You talked Dude. about it. Dude, it was a rough week for old GQ, man. We're, we're, we're yeah. dropping it soon. We're dropping it soon. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And yeah, we will be back next Monday. So as always, like, subscribe to the content, check out the newsletter, all the pods, subscribe to DD Radio, subscribe to the Wake Up Feed. And we'll see you guys next Monday, hopefully with a ton of NFL news. And we're out. Peace. We're out. Peace. Before y'all close off of the video, I just want to say thank you for checking out the content on Destination Devi. Really appreciate every single view that we get. And the only thing that I ask is that you hit the thumbs up button, like the content, subscribe to the channel. And if you can, comment below for the algorithm. Really helps the channel grow. Now, if you want more exclusive access to me and the entire Destination Devi team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access now if your money's a little funny we do have free content for you make sure you subscribe to the all gas newsletter there's a link in the description of this video below and subscribe to the destination debbie podcast radio feed where we got all types of shows hitting airwaves every single week now y'all can get out of here i appreciate y'all tapping in it's all gas all the time i love y'all i'm out of this thing peace